All right. Hello, everybody. Hey, we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. We are your host, Chad Broussard. And I'm Peter Coulter. And today we're going to be talking about how to pitch to bars, restaurants, and other venues. Yeah, this is important stuff, uh, especially starting out. Um, kind of where I'm at and where I intend to get you is to a point where you don't really need to pitch at all, really, anymore, or at least not very much. Um, the gigs should come to you. If you if you stay in one spot and you develop a good reputation, that will happen. Um, but to start out, you got to... You got to get out there or nobody's going to know that you're that you're there. Um, I think the first thing you need to do is think about what your act is going to is going to look like. Are you going to play folk music mostly? Are you going to do classic rock mostly? Are you going to do reggae? Are you going to do pop country? And my recommendation is that you do a little bit of all of these things and be Mm -hmm. versatile here. You're not. Remember, we're going wide, not deep. Um, So you want to be able to appease a wide range of people. Um, but you want to think a little bit about what you're going to kind of sound like and where you would fit best. Um, So something to think about. Uh, A good way to kind of start doing this is to just Google um, live music. Venues. Bar, restaurant, venues, yeah. Uh, And then go around your area and go check out the music. Check out what they're doing. See what the act is like. And if you see an act in there that is anything similar to what you're doing, it doesn't really even need to be, but if it is especially... Talk to a manager and ask who books the music and they'll put you in touch with somebody and you can just kind of start these conversations. Just do a little bit. You don't have to do everything all at once. You don't have to walk into a restaurant and walk out with a gig. Just start thinking this way is, is what I would recommend you do. Start going out specifically to see what is going on out there. What are people paying for? Um, one of the best ways to become a, a business person is to become a customer first and then see what the value is from that angle. Um, so thinking about your rates, I know this is, it feels fast to think about your rates before you have any gigs, but you should have a floor rate in mind, um, which I'm going to suggest is probably about 50 an hour per like per, per hour set. So like if you're going to play three hours, 150 bucks, and that should be in this area, I'm in Southwest Florida again, that is like the floor in my mind, that's the floor floor. People pay for play for less than that. Um, and it, it's just not, I just don't think it's a good idea. You never see anybody really good playing for that amount. Um, first of all, you know, uh, if that's the only gig you can get, then, then do it. But, um, you're to some extent you're, you're undercutting, undercutting other professionals in the area trying to do the job. And in Florida, I think it's illegal to unionize. So we can't actually get together and be like, yo, don't play for less than 50 an hour, but there's kind of like just supply and demand kind of dictates this and really good musicians tend to be in high demand and they're not going to play for less than 50 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I, that is below my floor now. Um, but that is a good kind of place to start. You should seek to get 50 bucks an hour to start and you could even make it clear like, Hey, this is my, like, this is my introductory rate. I'm just getting started here. You would be my first gig. That's why it's this low, mm-hmm. you know, let them, let them know that, <laughs> that they're getting a deal for at 50 bucks an hour. Um, you should be confident in that rate. Um, one way to, to really make sure you're confident is uh, long breath. <laughs> Remember we're talking about research. Namaste. You're talking about going out and going to, um, to see musicians out at bars and restaurants, see what they're doing, meet those musicians, talk to them. And without being weird about it, this can be weird, but 
see if you can, you know, be friends with them, like chat with them, talk about what their, what their rates are and what they kind of, what they do. Just talk about what they do. Ask them if they do this full time, if they do it part time, and then you can get into the conversation and at some point say, if you don't mind my asking, what do you get, you know, what do you get paid for this? I'm, I'm kind of trying to do it myself. Be, be honest. Don't act like you're something else and do industrial espionage or whatever. Be honest with them and just kind of like let them know, hey, I'm a musician. I would like to try to get into this. You could even ask them if you really like them and they really like you. Ask them if they have sub gigs or ask if they want to jam sometime. That can be a little annoying because mm-hmm. a lot of times these musicians are busy as fuck and don't want to jam with some stranger who they don't know is good yet. I certainly don't. <laughs> but, you know, it depends on their level. It depends if they're if they're doing this as a part-time thing and it's just fun for them. They may very well want to jam with you. Um, this actually leads nicely into having promotional materials. You should have something that you could show not just bar owners and managers, but other musicians. You should have something like your Instagram would be a good place for this. A video of you playing and singing. People should be able to see that you're good. And if they see that you're good, they'll book you. You're going to say something, Chad? Uh, Just back on rates and confidence. um, If you're timid in approaching musicians, if you're in a new town and it's not your thing yet, uh, one of the easiest icebreakers is just compliment them. Compliment their act. Tip them. Well, yes. I mean, that kind of. If you're out, it, it should, should go without saying it doesn't. Be tipping. Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. If you here, here's a rule for patrons: if you interact with a musician in any way, you should tip them. It's not. I'm not saying that it's expected of you if somebody says hi to me, but <clears throat> the the only reason you should not be tipping a musician is if you're really not engaging with it in it at all. Like if it's not if it's not doing anything for you, it's just background noise. Even then, a lot of people. Enjoy nicer than the radio type background mm-hmm. noise, and they'll tip you. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but if it's really just like you're, it is not improving your your day at all in any way, then don't tip. But if there's a guy at work and you say, "Hey, man, you're good," um, that's not that's not a replacement for a tip. That means you should tip if you're enjoying it. You're telling me you're enjoying it. You should tip. It. I'm working. You know. Anyway, a great way to get your first gigs. It's a sub for musicians. I'll tell you what. If I had two or three good solid musicians that I knew that weren't doing this full time right now, they'd have, they'd have work immediately. They'd be working once a week with the, cause like I said, I'm, I'm at a certain point in my career where people are coming to me with gigs that I can't fill. I would love to shunt them along to a sub. Um, I'm even considering putting together a little kind of like baby booking agency and say, look, I take 25 bucks for this gig. It pays 200 bucks for three hours. You get 175, I get 25. Um, enjoy. Were you doing anything on Saturday night? No. Okay, here's your gig. You're making 175 bucks, and it's just a you know, it's an idea. But even without that, uh, I I don't even need, need need to make money. I like hooking people up with gigs. I like part of that is like I like I like earning favors. I like earning the trust of people and people saying, "Man, Peter hooked me up with a gig. That's awesome. I'm gonna help him out if I can." You know, so um, there's there's a lot of that in the in the cover musician community. There's a lot of like wanting to help each other out. There's a, there's a really good feel to it, honestly. Um, there are some arrogant hacks out there. I'm thinking of one in particular right now, but um, you know, most are not, and even the arrogant hacks are usually nice deep down. They're just insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, as usual, off on a tangent. All right, so we got rates, uh, approaching with confidence. Um, 
about in the manner that you approach? The manner that you approach, yeah, I I think you should. Um, I think you should generally approach directly. You should go if you if you know a place has music, you should talk to whatever manager is there. You should ask for who's booking music. If they're there, you could talk to them face to face, which would be great. If they're not, they'll often give you a phone number, and then you can uh, give them a ring, leave a message, and send a text. I would do all of those things. Um, also, check their website before you even show up. Check the website. A lot of times they'll have a schedule. I mean, a lot of these places will have schedules that are like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Here's our live music. They'll have two two acts a day for every day, yep. Monday through Sunday. Um, some places are like that. And a lot of times those places are actually hard to book because they have weekly people. Because mm-hmm. it's such a demanding thing to book something like that that they don't do anything. They don't do something new every week. They got the Monday afternoon guy. They got the Tuesday afternoon guy. One of my, uh, one of my favorite gigs is my Sunday uh, evening gig. It's the last gig of my work week, and they book me every Sunday, no matter what. Doesn't matter. It could be a hurricane outside. It's a beach, uh, like a beach area. It could be a hurricane outside. <laughs> Maybe not a hurricane, but it could be pissing rain, and I'm still out there, and they pay me my 200 bucks, you know. Um, and that was a that was a gig that came to me through word of mouth. Somebody, uh, a slot opened up. They'd heard I was great. They actually had me there as a guest one night, and uh, they were like, man, we would like, to fill Sunday with you. And I was like, I would love to fill your Sunday deeply and passionately. So what are some ways to go about <laughs> contacting these venues? Yeah, I think a great way is to, to pop around to bars in person. If you are a, if you are a bar hoppy type of person, a drinker, um, I mean, not an, al- not an alcoholic heavy, don't get drunk at these places, but go to, go to these bars, have a beer, chat with the bartender, see what they think about the live music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of do detective work, be a fly on the wall. That's uh, I think that's a great way to kind of start this. Go to open mics. That's another really good place to kind of like get a feel for what's going on, what musicians are doing, um, and get get contact info, get get phone numbers. You can if and that's kind of t- it can be kind of time consuming that that approach. Another way to do it is just just call them, just call them up, say hey, uh, do you guys have live music? Cool. Can I talk to who books your music? Thank you, and chat with them and see what they got, and oh, they'll let you know they're. These people who book music in bars and restaurants, they're busy. It's not their, that's not their only job at that restaurant. They're bartenders or managers or something. So they want to talk business. They, if they, if they ever got their whole schedule filled and they can't do it, they'll say like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm always looking for somebody to kind of be on call for a sub, you know, send me something so I can see what you're doing. They'll want to know. You can tell them, go to my Instagram. That's where my stuff is. Or you can send them a link to a YouTube video. You should have all that stuff depending on what their preferred thing is. Um, and, or a lot of times they'll, they'll want to, yeah, just email them a video or send them a link, text them a link to a video, um, so they can see that you're good and they'll say, okay, cool. You're good enough. Uh, if I have a guy drop out last minute, I may call you. Um, so that's one way to do it. Uh, man, I was going to say something else. What were you gonna say, Chad? Uh, just on the other end of the coin from someone who's booked acts, we get approached all the time for new talent. And like Peter said, when you're a manager or a bartender, your job isn't focused around the music acts. That's just an additional part of what your position is. Your main focus is going to be on your clientele and whatever it is that you're selling. So when you're approaching managers, bar managers, booking managers, I can't stress how important it is to have sufficient ammunition because what we're looking for is someone that we know we can hire them. They're going to come in. It's not necessarily that they're going to bring a crowd with them, but they're going to be able to perform professionally. 
we don't want to have to worry about the musician. We don't want to worry about who's playing because we have so many other things that we're focused on. Don't add to the problem. Be a solution. Uh, and I kind of went off on a tangent, which normally I don't do, but... <laughs> no, that's good. Take, I can't, some, I take can't, some pressure I, off me. I appreciate that. I can't that. stress how important it is to not become an additional issue for that venue or that manager. Uh, Make it easy on them. As easy as possible. Like I said, try and become a solution and not a problem because th- we're thinking of so many other things. The last thing we want to think about is the talent that we booked. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to not get hired again is give somebody a headache. Yeah. So it's uh you know make it easy for them fit easily into their life show up <clears throat> show up on time show up early your first your first time there we're getting a little off on a tangent here but the the overall thing here when you're pitching to bars and restaurants you need to let this manager know that you know what the fuck you're doing and you're going to do the job right and they're not going to have to think about you yep okay so Pitching to bars and restaurants. I'm just going to keep saying this so I can keep keep focused on it because otherwise we will just tangent all day. No. Um, we went through conducting your research, thinking about where you fit. We went through kind of rates and your confidence level. And again, you should try to get an idea for what the general rate is, the floor rate for the area that you're in and for the thing you're trying to do. Um, we talked a little bit about promotional material. You should just have a video of you um, a video of you playing and singing, just doing your thing. It'd be great if you could have a video of you playing and singing in a bar, doing yes, the actual thing to a crowd. To a crowd, that's the best. Um, you don't necessarily need that. I have booked sub gigs for people who just had them like sitting on a chair in their backyard playing and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, they can play and sing at least. It's you know, that's good enough to like to get through a night. Um, yeah, and you can determine when they're talking to you. Well, when you're talking to them, the managers can determine whether or not you're going to be good with a crowd just based on how you carry yourself. Yeah, more or less. So, yeah. Um, that leads nicely into how you should be acting when you're trying to book these gigs, when you're trying to pitch. Kind of obvious, friendly and professional. Um, you should... You should never approach anyone drunk, really, just in life. No matter how how <laughs> much you think it's the right moment to do it. Yeah. We know when you get a little saucy. It's just not the right moment. Liquid courage. Yeah. Don't um, do it. Don't do it. It's just like, it's not professional. Um, it might be friendly, but it's not professional. You need both. You want to not appear to be a liability. Um, so another, another good way, a uh, little bit of a side note here. Another good way to get gigs to start with is through just social connections. A lot of times, if you've, if, especially if you've lived in a city for a long time, uh, I grew up in Fort Myers. One of my first recurring gigs was just from a buddy of mine I went to high school with who managed a restaurant. And I kind of like let my friends know that I was going to try to do the music thing full time. And he got wind of it and he was like, called me up and was just like, hey man, uh, I manage this restaurant down on the beach and we're always looking for musicians. I got a spot opened up every other Tuesday. Can you be here six to nine every other Tuesday? And I said, fuck yes, I can. Thank God. You know, I had, I had one weekly gig at that point. I was making, you know, 200 bucks a week playing music. Um, and just a social connection reached out and said, hey, I'd come work, <laughs> come work here. And I said, thank you. And it just, it felt like, it felt like the heavens opened up and were shining down on me and we're like, Yes, 
Peter, continue. But do this. You know, it it wasn't. It was it wasn't anything divine. It was just me letting my intentions be known and somebody trusting me in my social circle. Mm-hmm. So that is that's another kind of way to do it. This, this sort of like general just being being a musician in an area and it and like letting that be known can just turn into turn into gigs for you. Um yeah, I so I would uh keep a list. Uh I've got I still have lists um of places I want to contact and try to try to pitch to and like I said I don't pitch very much anymore but I I will say this. I'm trying to transition from uh bars and restaurants more into um country clubs. And so I have a list of country clubs that do live music and I have this idea of just getting a like going on Google and being like country clubs in the air in the Atlanta area because I'm starting fresh in Atlanta. Country clubs in the Atlanta area and just going through a list, calling the front desk and say, "Hey, do you guys have live music at your pool or in your clubhouse?" Yes or no. Okay, if it's a yes, can you put me in contact with the person who books music? And that's it. I'm just basically not cold calling because these are qualified leads. These are places that I know book music mm-hmm. if I if I get the right answer. So, you know, call, email, and give them some of your promotional material. And that's that's all there is, man. These these places, a lot of especially country clubs, these country club managers often I don't get the sense that they get out very much. So it's not like they're at bars all the time, like, oh cool, another musician I can chat with. Yeah. They kind of they they kind of need you to come to them. Um, the most of my country club gigs, uh, I I kind of was just like lucked into it because I started playing this kind of fancy-ish brunch gig. Not super fancy, but like it's in a kind of fancy part of town. And because I was doing a fancy brunch gig instead of like a grimy bar gig, people who managed country clubs were there doing brunch. And Optics. They were, yeah, and they were just like, oh, this is, that's where they go. That's like the only place they ever see live music is their fancy brunch gig. And they thought I was good and they reached out and they said, hey, you'd be great at my country club. So that was just kind of lucky. But now that I know that, I can go seek these places out and say, oh, shit, there's a little gold mine here in country clubs. And I seek them out, call them up. Yeah, so I'm kind of like almost redoing the process uh, with country clubs that I once did with bars and restaurants. So keep a list. And I, again, I would start out with bars and restaurants. You can you can reach out to a country club, too. And I think that's not a bad idea mm-hmm. um, to, to get started early on that. I kind of just discovered it recently. But um, keep a list of bars and restaurants that you'd like to play that you know do live music and... Um, you know, reach out to them, be, be available. That's another thing about these, these bar managers, these booking people, they're, they're busy and they'll forget. They're not thinking like, oh, I need to call back that Peter Coulter guy because he called me three weeks ago about booking a show. Yep. You need yep. to, you need to keep on them. And, and a lot of times, 80, 90% of the time they'll say, oh man, thanks for reminding me. Um, I forgot about you. <laughs> Here's, I do have some dates for you. Sometimes they'll even be like, you know what, let me get back to you later today, and then they won't. And then you just get back to them next week or in a few days and say, hey, you said you'd get back to me the other day, and I understand you're busy, but let's get some stuff on the books. You know, let's get this out of off, the, off your plate. Um, so, yeah, develop a list of bars um, to keep, keep bugging, you know. And there, there's a little bit of a sales aspect to this. Um, so... Keep, keep that in mind. And when you're first starting out, you're not going to have a lot of gigs. One thing you can say that's going to resonate with whoever it is that's hiring you is 
you know, if you can't, if they say we, we can't take you on right now, you can let them know, hey, look, I would like to be your oh shit guy. What's an oh shit guy? Oh man, uh, I had an act booked for Friday night. Now no one's coming. What do I do? Oh, I've got this oh shit guy. Let's call him. Maybe he's available to come in and fill in. So if you don't have a lot of gigs, you don't have to necessarily tell the person that's booking you that you don't have a full schedule, but just let them know that, hey, if for any reason you're in the weeds and you need someone to cover, contact me. Let me know. Because at the end of the day, they're going to remember that and they're going to call you. And even if you're not available, they're still more susceptible to calling you as opposed to you just coming in and say, hey, uh, I'd like to work here. I'd like to play gigs here. Let them know that, you know, if they find themselves in a problem, you can be the solution. Even if at that point in time you can't be, there's a better chance that you might be available than, you know, than not having entertainment on a Friday or a Saturday night. Yeah, that's a great suggestion to start. Absolutely, is be somebody's emergency. Yep. Emergency backup plan. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. I feel like you're a big list guy. I like lists. Yeah. yeah. And they're beneficial. So what type of list should you develop for connecting with restaurants and bars and venues? My my lists are not generally that organized they're just like i've got a list of you know four or five country clubs in no particular order that i want to keep keep in touch with so yeah it's a it's the list thing i mean if it it, it's not it's probably not going to be a very long list i guess it depends on where where you are located um i mean there are dozens hundreds of bars in my area that do live music but you're probably only gonna know of you know a dozen or two Mm -hmm. um yeah, though if you do have if you do have something that you're particularly interested in playing, then I'll put that at the top of the list. Sure. I think you can you can cull your list a little bit. So you start with a big long list and then you call all those places and then the ones that are kind of most responsive make a shorter list of those. And then the other thing is once you're out and about and you're actually at the venues watching live talent, kind of sum up the talent and see, you know, where are the better performers playing? And that is a good point. Yeah, you're going to you're going to see where the better performers are playing, the pay is going to be higher. I mean, it's for the most part. Yeah. There's a correlation there. And more of a chance for you getting your name out if you're one of those better players because it seems like that's where the scene is going to be for good quality music. Right, right. So if you're yeah, if you are at a restaurant and you notice the player is really good, that is a really good sign. That's mm-hmm. a great sign for you as a musician. You want to be in that room. If you're playing at a place and the musician sucks, he's probably not getting paid that much. Um, or if he is, then, you know, his his spot is probably available. <laughs> yes, that's a good know? point. That's a good point. Uh, I will say from personal experience, at one of the hotels I used to manage, the owner of the hotel was very fond of this saxophone player. And the saxophone player loved to play lullabies and just put people to sleep. But because the owner liked him, he would get work. And I can tell you firsthand, the staff dreaded if they were down in the lobby bar and this person was playing. Because you, for the most part, you would never have any patrons there. It just wasn't the right style of music for the venue. But because the owner was biased and liked that person more so than the music, They would always get gigs. I had a young gentleman come in who had a, a, he could replicate Louis Armstrong's voice. He had a great solo acoustic blues act and he fit into 
what we were trying to do with this lobby bar at the time. So basically, it came down to letting the owner know, A, we're losing business with this current act, and two, this is the direction we can take this in. Let's get this guy in here. And sure enough, the first time he played there, the bar was packed for the first time in almost a year and a half. So what this all comes back to is if you're at a venue and you see someone and they're not up to your standards or up to what you would think this venue standards would be. Or just the wrong fit even. Just the wrong fit. It could be a great musician. It could be a great opera singer in a dive bar. There's an opportunity for you there. Always keep your eyes open. And once again, I've said this before in previous podcasts. When someone tells you no, it doesn't mean forever. It just means not now. So don't stop. Yeah. So there, this, there's also another aspect of this. So there's looking for red flags from the people you're trying to book with. We, we discussed this briefly in, in another episode. You should be selective too. You shouldn't just take any old gig. Maybe in the beginning for your first gig, you can do that just to, to feel things out. And that's, that's okay. Don't be afraid of letting go of a gig. It's, it's really important that you aren't afraid to let go of a gig. Some red flags, for instance, when a, uh, I know kind of Chad just mentioned that like the bar was packed for the first time in a year and a half because this guy was was in there. When a, If a bar, I, I want to kind of expand on that a little bit. If a bar owner or a booker is like, okay, so what kind of draw do you bring? That's a red flag because your job theoretically is not to necessarily to bring a crowd. That's not what a bar musician is about. Yeah, and that's not what he did, just to clarify. Right. But the fact of the matter was the doors were open, people could hear the music, and that's what brought them in. Which is great. That's that's ideal. That is, that's the situation you're looking for. You're looking for a crowd, for a place that has some foot traffic going by, a place that has a crowd, a built-in crowd that is flowing through a place, and you want to create an environment where more of those people who are flowing through stick, basically. That's one of your main ideal environments for, for a gig here. So keep that kind of thing in mind when you're looking for gigs. You don't want to be playing at some some like hole in the wall in a strip mall where there's no foot traffic and have the owner expecting you to bring all your friends out to their pizza place on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, red flag. That's, that's a red flag and that's not what your job is and it's just not going to work out. And it's not going to feel right to you or the person paying you. You're going to be showing up at this place, and I've had gigs like this before. You're going to show up at this place. They're going to pay you 150 bucks to be there for three hours. No one's going to be there. It's going to be you and the bartenders. They're going to be like, what the fuck am I paying this guy for? And you're going to be like, what the fuck are they paying me for? And that's that's not that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to help a place make more money. That's why you get paid. Um, so you want to just kind of keep – when you're booking – the topic of today is pitching to bars and restaurants, but you also want to make sure you're just pitching to the right places. Yeah. And it's easier to pitch when you have the right place in mind and the right case, right? So when you're saying, uh, like one of my best gigs is a brunch gig. It's in an outdoor mall. Uh, there's lots of foot traffic going by. People walk by, you can see them. You can see them look over and say, oh, live music and walk in. Um, another one of my best gigs was the same deal on a beach. It was like an outdoor beach tiki hut thing. People walking by, they go, you can see them do this. Oh, look, live music. I'm going to go sit down and have lunch. And the managers can see him do that. The numbers show that that's what's happening. Those are your ideal gigs. You're going to have job security there. You're going to be able to up your rates slowly there or quickly there um, because they're going to see the value of you being there. That's what you want. You want to actually provide value. You're not trying to swindle somebody. You're trying to find a venue where you're adding value by being there. Yeah. And then you can charge money for it. That's just like nuts and bolts. That's like the bottom line here. This is a big one. When you're initially contacting venues and restaurants, 
make sure not to do it during peak hours. Oh, yeah. This is a that huge, That is a major one. red flag for you as the talent to do. As previously stated, if you're in the service industry, you have a million things going through your head at any given minute. The last thing you have time for is to discuss booking someone for a later date. During a dinner rush or a lunch rush. Yeah. Like, it's it's not... This is this is where actually, and I think I think we should try to advertise this specifically to waiters and bartenders who play who play instruments. Yeah. Like I think that that is our perfect center of the bullseye crowd because having some experience in bars and restaurants really adds a lot here. Understanding what it's like to be in all the different positions in a restaurant or a bar, it shows you what kind of role you should be playing. You should not be a distraction for the employees. You should not be a distraction for the management. You should be out of the way. You should do your job without them having to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to call a place that you know is slammed for lunch at 1 p.m. or that you know is slammed for dinner at 7 p.m. is just, it makes you look bad immediately. It's the quickest way to have a manager go, oh, fuck you. Yeah. You fucking kidding me? This guy doesn't understand we're fucking in the weeds it slammed professionalism. here. It just, it, professionalism and, and understanding and, and being out of the way, making this person's life easier, this manager's life easier. If uh, and I've had it happen before. I've had it had it happen one time where I just wasn't thinking, and I called a restaurant at like seven, and I was like, "Hey, I'd like to talk about. Uh, I'd like to talk to whoever's booking music." And like you could hear it was busy, and I was like slowly starting to remember, like, "Oh shit, it's seven o'clock at this restaurant." The manager got on the phone, and was like, "Hello," and I'm like, "Hi, yeah, I'm," and like, and like halfway through the sentence, I was like, "Uh oh," and I, never mind, thank you. You know, and I was just like, "Shit, I just called that restaurant at the middle of dinner rush." People do that and they just don't know they're doing it and they'll just go through with their fucking pitch. I'm Peter Coulter. I'm a musician. Would you like to book me for, for yeah, music? No. It's like, are it's you not fucking happen. kidding me, dude? No. I got a 12 top coming in right now. Yeah. Like, you know? So don't do that. Just be considerate of what you're, of the, of the organization you're trying to enter into. And there's some ways to go about it. So for instance, you can always send an icebreaking email. There's a good chance you're not getting a response. However, if it's sent, you can always reference it back if you go to the venue. Another thing to do is you can show up. Look, let's be real. Waitstaff doesn't come in five minutes before the restaurant opens up. They're usually there 45 minutes to an hour before. But granted, they are busy during that hour. It's not a bad idea just to show up, stop in, say, hey, I'm Peter. I'm a musician. I know you guys are about to open up. I'd love to talk to you whenever you're available. Here's my card. Is it okay if I reach out to you? on Give them two dates. Tuesday or Thursday. That's great. You know, and and never just give them one date. Give them two dates because chances are if you give them one date, they're going to be busy. Most of the time, the manager is not going to say, oh, but I'm available on Sunday. Let's do that. You know, when you're in that industry, you live day to day. You don't live in the future. Yeah. Uh, So the easiest thing is keep it short and simple, short and concise. Introduce yourself. Let them know you like to talk. Let them know that you can offer something to their business. Come back to being business to business. And see when they're available. And that's it. Don't push it. You know, don't sit at the bar and wait for them to be available. Because you're busy too. You know, you need, even if you're not, you need to come off as if you're busy as well. Yep. And that lets them know that you're in demand. Yep. And your time is valuable. And you respect that their time is valuable. Yep. Professional. Friendly. You know, it's just, it's, it's really not rocket surgery, but it's stuff that you need to think about. And here's a big one. If someone's on stage and you know you can perform better than them, never, ever, ever tell that to the manager. Never say, hey, you know what? I see you guys have live music. I'm 10 times better than what you have now. 
Yeah. Let's let's make this happen. Let's get them out of here. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Even if it's a karaoke person, you just don't do that. There's a mutual respect in the industry. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. And trust me, we can see that. And we look for this. Like I said, when you're booking, you have to make really quick decisions because there's so many other things that are going on at that given time. So the first impression, and this applies to everything in life, is so incredibly crucial to get it right. So be kind, be professional, be respectful of the venue, the restaurant, the bar, the managers, whoever it is that you're getting in contact with. Yeah. Yep. 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 Just just letting the restaurant staff, managers, and everybody know that you understand what you understand a little bit about their industry, it'll go a long way. Yeah. Um, it, it this is a little bit off topic, but like tipping a bartender for their service when they put a food order in for you at a gig especially the first day that you've met it's I mean it's money well spent if, if they put a food order in for you especially you know it's a comped meal usually give them five bucks you they know won't expect t- it, tip them 30 tip them 30 percent you know yeah. on whatever you would have been paying and and give them a shout out oh yeah that's God, I mean, you give know them a shout hey out. take care of your bartenders and servers one of my kind of canned lines we're gonna do a whole oh definitely get a first name um, we're gonna we're going to do a whole episode about canned lines, um, which is a nice little shortcut for your public speaking. Mm-hmm. Something like a good skeleton you can build things on. Yeah, good banter. Um, one of the best canned lines ever is just take care of the bartenders and servers. That's, you know, Roger behind the bar. Make sure you're taking good care of him. He's doing great. He's got, you know, a real job, unlike me. So please take care of him. Um, it just, it looks good. The servers and bartenders appreciate it. And it, well, let's go back to, to Chad's story here where there was that saxophonist that the owner liked, but the, the managers and bartenders didn't. Part of that is probably because, not just because he was hurting their business, and obviously the tips are what uh, bartenders live on, but probably because the guy wasn't like that awesome, I'm sure. So no. If the guy was awesome to hang out with and super nice to the bartenders and servers, they'd have been a little more hesitant to be like, dude, ax this guy. And the biggest issue was he would never engage the crowd. He would play his two-hour set straight through with no stops. There Terrible. Was, there, yes. It, it, I could have put Kenny G on, and I guarantee we would have filled the bar. Terrible. So one another thing about this is, and we, we kind of touched on it earlier, but when you're initially starting out and you're going to these venues, and if it's a music venue where they have nightly acts and they're not available to pick you up, it is okay to inquire with them as to where other venues might be that would have you know, availability. I would say... That's not the best question to ask a manager. That is a phenomenal question to ask a bartender because bartenders don't just work in the industry. They are a product of the industry. When they're not working, chances are they're out and they know the hot spots. A manager, he doesn't have time for those questions, but a bartender, as long as you're sitting at the bar and they're not in the weeds and you can actually chat them up and make sure you're tipping them, they're going to give you the answers you want. Yeah. Or they're going to point you in the right direction. That's part of a bartender's job is be like, hey, where's another cool spot nearby? Yes. And just be a tourist. Even if you're not, just be it. They don't know. Exactly. And this all comes back to general mindset like we did in the previous episode. And if you haven't checked that out, it's crucial. It's a staple of what we're trying to do here. So please go back and check it out. But it all comes back to being curious, having a curious mindset. And, you know, we talked about in the past going out to the bars in the beginning of this episode, going out to the bars and trying to kind of mingle and get to know people. And Peter made a comment, you know, you don't want to get too drunk. To be honest with you, you, when you're going out, 
if you're doing this to network for business, you shouldn't be drinking. You should treat it as if it's business. And now it's okay, you know, if, if you're worried about the optics, then get, get, uh, you know, get a Sprite with a lime, Make, you know, uh, whatever it takes. At the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is sit at a bar, get smashed, and then try and network. You know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember... A drunk dude. Yes, a <laughs> drunk dude who thought he was Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. It's not good optics. Yeah. So when you're out and you're networking, treat it as if you're on the clock. If you have to have a drink in a hand, have something you're going to sip on. But ideally, you shouldn't be drinking. And you're going to retain the information that you get that night if you're not drinking. Moreover, if you were you know, sloshed. Yeah. And if you're actually talking to somebody who's trying to do business with you, you're going to show them that you can be out at a bar and not be drunk. Yes, and that's huge. Let's do a recap. All right, guys. So we're going to do a recap on pitching to the bars, the restaurants, and other venues. Uh, first and foremost, you need to conduct your own research. You need to determine what genre you're going to be or genres. And like we previously discussed, it is a good idea to have a diversified portfolio of different genres and songs, even if it's just one. We all know we can't stand pop country, <laughs> but we also know it doesn't garner any tips if you don't have anything in your repertoire. Have one pop country song. Find one pop country. I guarantee you can find one song that you can tolerate, learn it, and have it in the back. Tennessee Whiskey is a good uh, a good compromise song. There you go. This is a good trick because it's actually a classic country song. And Chris Stapleton is the shit. He's a great singer and he's an actual like country musician instead yeah. of a fucking pop musician with a cowboy hat on. Yeah. Um, so And pop country people often like that song. So yeah, conducting your own research was the idea. And, and I want to make sure I got this point correct here. So it's not that you're, okay, I'm a punk guy, so I'm looking for punk bars. It's more like when I go to a place... I can look around when I go to a bar or restaurant or a country club, even which I usually don't go to. But (laughs) if I go to a bar and restaurant, I can sit in there and I can look around and be like, oh, I'd be perfect in this place. Yes. You know, Um, and I still play a wide range, a wide array of music. But like, I just know I would kill it here. These people would love what I'm doing. Um and I'd, I'd just crush it here. I just know I would. And it's the same thing you're doing in the service industry. If you're a bartender or a server, you're not just going to walk into a Chuck E. C's and say, hey, I want to work here. You want to, I mean, if you have your head on straight, you're going to want to work at the place that's going to garner you the most tips. Right, where you've kind of fit in and you like, the crowd is something you can relate to. It's your vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Rates, right? Yes. Okay, so the hard, the hard number that I gave you was 50 bucks an hour for a floor rate. And, uh... This is going to be a regional thing. This is going to change from place to place, I think. Um, but I think that that's a good, just kind of general place to start. It's pretty, honestly, it's pretty low. I wouldn't do that now. Um, you had mentioned that in one of our first episodes that it's okay to start with the $50 floor, but you need to have the mentality that it's subject to change and it's subject to change quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my one of my strategies, and, and uh, again, we're just going to do an episode that's about ske- your schedule. Specifically, because it's a really kind of important theme. One of my strategies in the beginning was, I'm going to book everything I can at this rate, 50 bucks an hour rate. Um, And then when my schedule fills up, I can start removing my least favorite gigs or just saying my rates are going up to them. And if they don't survive that, if they say, no, I can't pay you 200, then I'll say, okay, goodbye. Yes. My schedule is full. Yes. Um, And you have to be okay saying goodbye. You got to be okay saying goodbye. And so for me... 
that it was kind of never happening because my schedule was whatever, whatever. I would have played. I would play doubles every single day, Monday through Sunday. This man had a what was it? A fourteen day period? A seventeen day period? Yeah, it was a two week block oh, that had man. thirteen days in a row, one night off, and then repeat. And like some of those, many of those were doubles. So it was like, it was too much. I hated it, and I was I had that low rate, and I wasn't like canceling gigs. I wasn't. Uh, I was just like, I was just stuck. It's safe to say that's a quick highway to burnout. Huge, yeah, yeah, hugely, hugely and high so, risk of burnout for there. Um, and I did; I was burnt out. And anyway, what I've done since then is I've I've uh, shortened the container. Right, it's Thursday through Sunday now. If you don't fit Thursday through Sunday, if you want to book me on a Wednesday, you are getting high rates. You're getting quoted something that you probably can't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want me to play Wednesday, fine, I'll do it for three hundred bucks an hour. Great, let's do it. Yep. But otherwise, I'm not fucking playing Wednesday. Um, yeah, and as Peter previously said, in a, <laughs> this is one of my favorite quotes. There is a place for arrogance in this profession, and it's in your rates. Yeah, it's in your pricing. That's the only, that's the only time you should be arrogant. Um, you should command a rate, and you should be confident about it. Um, but starting out, 150 for three hours is pretty good. A lot of places are going to want you to do 150 for four hours. I've had places do 125 for four hours just because it's such a low demand time that they were after. It was like a Monday afternoon. And, you know, if you want to play every single slot you possibly can, you'll take Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should do that. I think you should play Thursday through Sunday. Um, and that's the purpose of this course or, is getting you to that point. So you don't have to fill your entire week. We're right. trying to cut the fat out of the process of getting mercenary. To the land. We're trying to make money efficiently. Um, so that you can spend your time doing other things, you know, um, living. Yes. So I would start out filling my schedule with a fairly low rate. Another thing too, is if you are really good and you're confident in your act already, start at a higher rate. Um, if you're brand new to this and you are going to be kind of learning a little bit on the job, then give them a lower rate and let them know that's why the rate is low. People want to know why the rate's low. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, do you suck? (laughs) That's, that's what people will think if you. Come in with a super low rate. Um, so, yeah. You can you can let them know, hey, I'm actually, this will be my first weekly gig. Um, that's why it's 150 for three hours instead of 200 for three hours, which is kind of the going rate around here. Let them know that you know a little bit about what's going on with your rates. Yes. Give them a reason for your rates. Yes, and another carrot to this is having the right pr- uh, promotional material at that time. Yeah, have a good video of you playing somewhere. Um, even if you got to get out in, to an open mic, this is a good good thing to do at an open mic. Go to an open mic, have somebody take a good video of you playing in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. playing and singing a cover song in front of a crowd, a popular cover song. Do Johnny Cash. People love, fucking love Johnny Cash for some reason. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, do Ring of Fire or whatever out at a out at a um, open mic in front of a crowd and get a video of it and then put it on YouTube and send them the YouTube link Yes, and then give them a rate. That's your fucking in. Make it a short song. Yeah. Don't play fucking Freebird. Or, right? or do... Short and sweet and... Or edit it so there's 30 seconds of a song. Yes. Do 30 seconds of three different songs so it, they can show a range. And it doesn't hurt to have the crowd's reaction. Yeah. It, if you have it there, include it. Let people know that people like what you're doing. Yeah. We're going to talk about the perfect promotional material on a, on a different day. But yes. Um, you need promotional material. You need to be confident in your rates. Um, okay, next bullet point. There are a couple of ways of contacting these places that we went through. There's the phone way and there's the door-to-door way. 
and they can both work. Uh, honestly, start with the phone way. It's less work intensive. Um, go on Google. Google the um, local yep. local music venues, yep. bars that do live music. Um, and, you know, I'd do a mix, especially if you're already a social person, you're already going out. Ask bartenders where the live music is. Kind of, kind of mix them together. Just think of this as like your general mode is looking for where the live music is, looking for sniffing out gigs, you know. Mm-hmm. Where do they do this and does it work and how well does it work and what works and what doesn't work. You know, you know if, you watch, if you're watching a, lot, uh, a gig, notice what songs get a crowd reaction, what don't. You can kind of like figure out what your area and what specific venues are into based on just paying attention. Um, so a mix, but I, I'd really just start with just start with doing the phone thing. Look up venues that do music, call them up, see if you can get the contact info for the person who books music, and give them a ring. And um, not get their phone number, also get their email address. You want to go a step further, send them an email after. Send them a follow-up email after. And if you're hesitant as to what content you should send them, what material, Peter turned me on to a phenomenal topic or a phenomenal post by Tim Ferriss. And if you know anything about Tim Ferriss, and Peter can't say enough about this guy, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a great single page excerpt on how to send an email to someone of importance, basically respecting their time and respecting the position that they're in, but still finding a way to get into them, to get onto their screen, to get them to acknowledge you, to notice you. And we'll put that in the notes for this podcast. Check it out. Yeah, Tim Check Ferris it out. Is, Tim Ferriss is great. You should just follow everything he does. Call the manager, send him an email right after. Once again, you're a business. These are things that happen in the business world. You would do this in real estate. You would do this in sales. Like it's just it's just part of it and it sets you apart from the rest of the people because let's be honest, people are fucking lazy. They are. They and are lazy. And if you can just take that I mean, how long does it take to send an email? 5 minutes, 10 minutes? And in return, you can almost guarantee there's a chance you're going to get this gig. Why wouldn't you? What else do you have to do? Yep. You know, take the initiative. Take pride if, in what you're doing and let them know that, hey, I've got a product no one else here can replicate. And if they can, they're not going the extra distance. And you're proving to them before they've even hired you that you're willing to do it and you take it seriously. And it just speaks volumes. Yes, indeed. Okay, what else do we have? We said be friendly and professional, which is kind of self-explanatory. We Always. Have a, and, we, be we, we, and be curious. And be curious, yeah. Be curious. Um, what is working here? What isn't working? What... What can I provide that is not being provided or that is being provided, but that I can provide better? Developing a list of bars. This we kind of talked about with your with your ways of contact. You know, you can go on Google, talk to people, go to open mics, go places where the people who would know about this stuff are. There'll be bars and restaurants where there is live music booked. There'll be bars and restaurants if there's a part a part of your town that has a lot of bars, like a bar area. A lot of a lot of cities will end up having these kind of like walkable bar restaurant areas the strip um, like yeah a little strip kind of downtown areas just walk around down there walk into a place especially if you hear live music coming out or even if you don't just walk into a place and ask you know is there a place where there's like live music around here once again just to reiterate when you're making your initial calls make sure it's not the busiest time of the day for that restaurant or venue 4 p.m is usually good 3 4 p.m after the lunch rush well before the dinner rush that's a good time to call yeah um. Yeah, and also if a current venue that you know does live music is just saying, hey, we're all booked up, we got regular guys, I got 10 backups, we don't really need you, you can ask, are there any other restaurants around here that, that book live music? Because I'm, I'm really looking to, to get started here. And oftentimes they'll say, yeah, the place down the street has, has live music, give them a call. 
Um, or they may even know other managers. These bar, these bar restaurant people hang out together and they a do lot, a lot of times they'll, they'll say, yeah, I actually know a manager who's, or somebody will pop in and be like, man, I'm fucking having the hardest time finding the right musicians for my place. And maybe your name is on somebody else's radar and, you know, just, just chat and ask and be curious and, you know, keep asking. Yep. yep. All right. I think we did it. Yes. Yes, we did. If you have any questions about pitching, We've got our contact info here. Reach out to us. Check it out. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Mercenary, Mercenary Musician, Musician Podcast. Cheese. Uh,